Hello! <laughs> Ow, shit. <laughs> so, immediate, immediately off the bat, while I'm on YouTube and I've sworn, two, I've hit my sound wall I've got right here. <laughs> so, amazing start. Only dangerous, because this wire is leading to a bright light that's right here. <laughs> so, I've immediately sent everything into crap. <laughs> it's all fine. It's all fine. Fancy new graphics and everything with NXT Review. Uh, so, uh, hello and welcome to the Lords of Pain Radio NXT Review. My name is Matt Mayer, a.k.a. Imp. And I'm joined by One Nation Radio's James Boyd. How are you doing, James? We're back. And I didn't mute me. <laughs> so that's flipping amazing. <laughs> so you would have heard that amazing <laughs> little back and forth. We're learning, guys. We're learning. Baby steps. <laughs> I'm going to leave you. Can you hear me? Or on the stream? There we go. Yes, I just heard you go. Can you hear me on the stream? <laughs> yes, I can hear you on the stream. Fantastic. Well, we could get Buddy back to it. <laughs> Working out the little thing. This is the first time I'm doing this with a guest as well. If you couldn't tell. <laughs> All the random stuff. Uh, but yes, the, he was on about the Fox mascot. So you would have seen him talking but not heard anything for the past like couple of minutes. <laughs> so he was answering oh, my yeah, questions. Yeah. yeah. He was answering my questions on the Fox mascot. And yes, it was a little bit <laughs> a little bit funny. <laughs> that you would have just heard me saying yes, please, and then nothing <laughs> from him. <laughs> anyway, so the main event, like we talk about, we just talk about NXT. Just <laughs> we were talking about Fox mascots. <laughs> we weren't on topic at all. <laughs> so we will just uh, do the main event: uh, Sasha Banks versus Io Shirai, who was joined by Bailey uh, for an incredible main event, almost takeover worthy. Presentation-wise as well, again, great American Bash. They got the a special show kind of entrance. Bailey and Banks and Bailey have just been—they're my favourite thing in WWE right now. They are absolutely killing it for me. Even on SmackDown, when the division isn't really much of a division, they've been killing it. Same on Raw, where Asuka didn't really have anybody, and suddenly Sasha Banks—you can't be interested for Extreme Rules, like just off that match. That's the only match I'm really interested in, <laughs> but it, I'm really interested in it. <laughs> so that's awesome. And the and then the big one this week was as soon as it was announced, just Twitter was just like, "Oh my god, <laughs> yes!" <laughs> Sasha Banks here, Shavai, two incredible in-ring uh, wrestlers. I'm trying to think of a fancy word. Two incredible in-ring wrestlers, <laughs> and they absolutely killed it. Absolutely killed it in terms of a TV match. So this felt like the first match that you use to sell the actually absolutely incredible match down the line. Like, you don't sell everything on television. You hold it back a little bit, then you make them pay for the awesome match a little bit down the road, or you set up for the spots to then work on later. Still, it was an incredible main event match. So, before we go, like, deep into the details of it, what did you make of the main event match, James? It was a blast to watch. watch. Uh, I ended up watching it earlier today. today. I, full disclosure, um, even though I was first in once we're in a NXT exclusive podcast weekly, I watched Dynamite uh, uh, live, and then I watched NXT ever um, after. But I thought it was a great match. Um, it's a, one of those matches where, like you said, it leaves you wanting more. Um, you know there's more for them to uh, reach into and then go get. Uh, I've seen them both have uh, better individual performances before. Um Against, against people and have better matches against different people. So um, this is one of those things where, like, given the scenario you imagine, they didn't have much time to go over much given, you know, the kind of restrictions that we've heard are, that are on the PC. That was a hell of a match to pull out, like, on a first go-round with somebody. So um, I hope there's more of that in the future. That was kind of a dream match in me as a person that, like, 
you know, became a huge, like my, you know, there are people that like kind of, um, with the shield, that was their thing. Like they stick around or they became fans because of the shield, like the horsewoman kind of kept me in WWE's loop as far as the main roster that, that and Oscar. And then like with that, that came to my love of stardom in EO. So it's like, this is a match that I've been thinking about for like a year and a half as far as like, I can't wait to see them eventually do it. If Vince doesn't, you know, bury both of them in some way or, or shape or form. So I'm glad I was able to get it with, with, you know, not too much shenanigans. Like the finish was, you know, the finish, but it still felt mostly like a pretty damn good, you know, competitive match. Yeah. And uh, Banks and Bailey are very quickly becoming the modern day Charlotte after Charlotte, in terms of they're absolutely everywhere on every single show. <laughs> it's, it's, you, can, you can verify it, though. Not verify it. You can have variety, though, because it's a tag team, and they're both amazing. But you have, they have them Raw on SmackDown on NXT. On NXT, it's in, my, one of the notes I just wrote down was just like, the incredible notion of putting the NXT wrestlers over. Insane concept. <laughs> How insane is that? Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. maybe, just maybe, they learned their lesson and decided, like, that Charlotte thing uh, that we did pretty much stunk, and it really hurt Rhea. Let's not do that to EO. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe she's allowed to actually pin the wrestler. <laughs> but yes, it's shenanigans. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, it's because it's a main roster person turned up, but like, it's, she's done more in one night than Charlotte Flair did in, oh, <laughs> in however long. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Anyway, this is going to be a happy review because it was a good show. <laughs> You've got to get that Charlotte Moon out of your system. <laughs> she's an amazing wrestler. Oh, God. I think she's one of the best wrestlers currently going, just a little bit overexposed <laughs> over the since WrestleMania into this lockdown period. Like, just a tad. Just a yeah. little bit. Absolutely. Like, it, it's become a thing on 180 Radio now where, like, we have a weekly Charlotte problem thing and a weekly Cody problem thing where it's like. <laughs> It, we have to devote like eight minutes between the two talking about like this is what they've done to whatever show or this character and it feels like it's just stuck in the mud. Mm. Oh, poor Cody. Oh, it's so heel turn. I pretend they're being geniuses. Something <laughs> like that. The AW version of the uh, wait and see thread that you've got. <laughs> Everything else. Oh wow. We, we might have to get one of those. <laughs> It's currently very short for AW, but they are still babies. So what, <laughs> they're slowly growing into it. The list will grow over time. It's, it, it, it will natural. <laughs> it won't have to force it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, so, like, like one day, one day Darby will get the win over Cody. One day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> oh, it, I mean, if they're doing New Japan-style long booking in terms of the writing, they like, oh, oh, damn it. Like with WWE, you, we're talking like months often, if not weeks, until we'll, what the wait and see happens, compared to if AW doing New Japan, oh, I could have to wait years to be proven wrong. <laughs> that would be a really long bit. Oh, damn it, they can course correct in that time. <laughs> damn it, it's almost as if it helps the promotion. Oh, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> anyway, uh, so with Banks and Shirai, uh, I'll start with the arrival of Sasha Banks and Bailey where they arrived in style in a bright white car, not a car person. So no idea what car it was. <laughs> For me, it was a bright white car. Did you catch Did you catch what make it was? <laughs> yeah, Morrow Mar- said it was a 2014 Jag, and I was like, why would you say the year 2014 and the year 2020 about a car? Like, you made it look <laughs> like she's out here buying, you know, 
she's running in a used form. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> she's you know, I, 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 I thought, mm. I thought that it was a little, you know, I, I thought that was a bad uh, play, but whatever. Like, it looked like a nice car. <laughs> she's got money, but they're not frivolous. <laughs> they're smart with the money. <laughs> Uh, yes, there's a, there's a difference between the Sasha Banks money and the Vincent Man money, apparently. <laughs> and it, it made me laugh when they pulled in. Our immediate reaction is, there's currently so many cars in this arena. <laughs> there's the stage cars, and then there's their own cars pulling in. <laughs> it's like, is this a performance centre? Why are there so many cars in this small arena? <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, but both Sasha and Bailey were decked in the uh, decked, were decked in the red, white, and blue for America. Just saluted. <laughs> James won't see that until on delay. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> and uh, Io Shirai uh, comes out, and it's just something. It's, it's sometimes when the there's the presence of the main event roster acts when they come back. Charlotte was kind of like I am special presence, which to be fair, that is her entire kind of thing, and that carried over to NXT with like a much grander thing part to it. And uh, whilst Banks and Bailey they came over and they were just having fun. They had that main roster presence, but they were just like full on characters, just having fun. Where then when Irish Revised music hit, it's kind of like she did have an aura, and that that was really great to see. Like Ray Ripley, she felt like an NXT act when she was going up against Charlotte. Irish Revised felt like an equal here, and that was awesome to see. Like, even in just the entrances, there's something about Irish Revised entrance which just kicks ass. <laughs> it's just awesome and it really really fit against it made it feel like a badass going up against a main roster person weirdly I didn't even though I like Ray Ripley's whole presentation I didn't get that feeling of Ray Ripley like maybe it was the promo packages <laughs> they were constantly painting her as the underdog against Charlotte whilst here Io Shirai's got to fear Sasha Banks and I thought that really really they weren't into the match as well they felt equal the offence was equal the swing of the match was equal both of them had like spells of uh, equal spells of momentum where they were on top, and then the later stage it's swinging back and forth. It takes Bailey interfering. It takes another surprise interference later as well, like just painting Shavai as an equal against a main roster star. My God, <laughs> it makes such a difference in how the match plays out. Yeah, and that's the weird thing with this Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, Charlotte, and now with the Sasha and Bailey dynamic is that. When Rhea, you know, had the feud with Charlotte, Rhea just basically got her ass whooped anytime it was like a fair one. But in, including the match, like she lost just clean. And then Io comes back from the injury, wins that uh, number one contendership match, has a title match, ends on the Samaz. But Charlotte has to pull out the kendo stick because Io out wrestled her. Um, and then, you know, you go to the, um, the match a week later or two weeks later where you have. EO versus Rhea, and EO has the match won until Charlotte comes out. So it's like, so why was EO the one not, you know, in WrestleMania if she's the one that you're really pushing, or is Rhea on, just on, a, on some type of slow exit out of NXT, and this is like the worst way to, for her star <laughs> for her to like lose, and then like do the Robert Stone brand side quest thing on the way to the main roster to eventually get her like what would be the you know we'll wait and see when back from Charlotte. It, it's it's it was interesting. It's like it's clearly like all political and like it's 4D chess. But um, yeah, I, I really 
I do like appreciate the fact that like you know you're going to have the, your top star, your top woman star on NXT fight another top star from Raw on the NXT show, and like it's a back and forth. It's not a, it's not just rough shot from, you know, a flare. I do appreciate that. It was a nice touch. Like uh, the thing that caught me by surprise was like Io Shirai was the one who started off strong, like really placing her stamp as NXT Women's Champion, mm-hmm. and it was Bailey doing her job and working as that momentum turning factor. <laughs> like uh, she was giving Sasha that in to pull the champion down, and uh, the boss then got in her own couple of minutes, but it wasn't for long. <laughs> Io Shirai gets in, like very quickly. This match turned into like an amazing back and forth. Like, how athletic and powerful they both can be was on full display. And, like, an amazing example was with um, Banks down, but having... But Banks down, but... Uh, yeah, she's down. But Io Shirai... I can't believe really my words. Io Shirai had to land on her feet after the moonsault because Banks gets out of the way. Then Banks goes for a devastating powerbomb into the plexiglass at <laughs> ringside before getting back into the ring, and then she tries a frog splash. <laughs> and I saw it. It was just like both of them got to give that display and the variety in their offense, and I really like that. Yeah, it, it's funny because like it was one of the rare moments where Sasha Banks gets to show off like the the as I like to call it the big woman offense. <laughs> like so, I remember thinking of like when Shawn Michaels used to wrestle like one two three kid and be on a DVD. You see like you see him doing like gorilla press stuff, and he's like, oh, this is the Shawn Michaels big man offense. Like <laughs> Sasha throwing the, the power bomb to the plexiglass, like that's her monster. That's her monster spot. <laughs> and uh, like in the end, it was the dirty tactics that cost them with Bailey at ringside trying to do stuff. Like spot of the match was Bailey honking the horn on the car <laughs> just to get the attention. <laughs> that's the Bailey spot of the match. <laughs> uh, but in the end, those tactics it cost them where, with Bailey and the tag titles, where she took one in and the referee is still a little bit confused. Then Sasha tries to grab it, and then that's what the referee's like, "No, <laughs> no, don't grab it." Uh, pulls it away. Then Bailey, because she's smart, and they're tag titles, so there's two of them. <laughs> what a crazy one. <laughs> the referee's going crazy over the one belt, so Bailey then distracts the referee with that one belt, and Sasha just gets the other tag team belt and absolutely clocks Io Shirai. Oh, no, sorry, she goes to clock Io Shirai with it, but she can't because holding the other end of the strap is Asuka, <laughs> who's just suddenly appeared out of nowhere, and she blows the poison mist into Banks's face, Roll up from Shirai didn't get the win, but the follow up I think was like a was it a, like a shote <laughs> thing like um I forgot like the Jason Thunder Liger strike yeah that cheeseburger does I know yeah, more it was for, I know more of a cheeseburger than Thunder Liger which is weird I don't think most people <laughs> that way round uh, but yeah so that's an banks down and then Shirai is able to hit the moon salt for the win uh, and it was a nice little touch for me where the referee didn't put two and two together until like he looks at Asuka and he looked at the uh, Sasha Banks with the green face. He didn't have any reaction when he saw Asuka, but then as soon as he, he saw the green face, he's like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> I've done messed up. <laughs> Which is... One thing, what I really liked about it was they did a really good job of hiding her, her the, the stuff on her face, right? Like, mm. um, she gets hit with a shote and then she gets rolled up in a way to where uh, you can't, the ref couldn't see from the position of the ref, could not see her face, uh, green face. Then, Sasha, or Eo hits the moonsault onto her back and then pins her, and as she pins her, if you go back and watch, Eo cut with her leg covers Sasha's face to where uh, the ref couldn't see it. 
I thought that mm-hmm. I thought it was just a splendid touch. Like it was, it was like the, the the small details that you like that we always talk about with with like why we love wrestling or why we think things are like over the top and great. I, I thought I thought this was one of those nice touches. Yeah, like NXT, AEW, and New Japan all do this. It's like nice little touches, just the care of detail, which you don't see on the main roster because it's written so late in the day. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just nice little touches that just make the world make sense. <laughs> it's nice when that happens. Um, but yeah, so Io Shirai followed up with her beautiful moonsault, and the NXT talent was victorious. What a crazy concept, putting the future over. How novel. <laughs> How novel. Uh, and of course, there's the awesome image of Io Shirai posing with Asuka, and immediately Twitter's like, are they going to team up? Are we going to get Io Shirai and Asuka? Please. <laughs> are we? Are we? <laughs> and especially with the news about Kyrie's contract and confusion about that, people go even more crazy just going towards. <laughs> oh, they yeah. Yeah. Like, the Kyrie stuff is so confusing that, like, I've heard some of the details and read some details, and I'm still, like, feel like I learned nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. But as far as, but as, far as uh, EO and Kyrie, like, if this is NXT, I will. This will undoubtedly end in a, end up with the story of them, you know, showing pictures of when they were in, um, you know, working various uh, Joshi promotions or doing, um, like even uh, when Oscar was doing her own produced shows herself, and when they were in a faction, like Io has a sister named Mio, and it was those three together, and they were called Triple Tails. Like so, like if this NXT, like I expected to just, you know, they talk about like their relationship and what they mean to each other, and you know, I, you know, Big Homie made a save for me. Now, if it's on the main roster, we're not getting any of that. It's just two Japanese women together. But, um, <laughs> you know, either way, I expect, you know, I expect a good match, a good tag match at least out of this eventually down the road, wherever it may be. Yeah, even if it's just to set up that, I, you know, and Asuka maybe don't get along especially well. And that's, that's what I do. That's a personal preference. The best thing you go, we've got to be careful not to fantasy book, <laughs> especially WWE, because they'll just yeah, go the safe right. route. Right. <laughs> don't go anything crazy right. but like, that's what I would do I would have the tag team match they can get on it'd be fine you didn't even have to show that much of them not getting along in this match but I'd really like it if Yoshirai and Asuka weren't a tag team together just because it kind of feels like they put you have to put the races together and it's like oh, you don't have to do that <laughs> like yep. on Monday Night Raw this week like it was like running through the different ethnicities in their roster like segment by segment <laughs> it was really weird just watching yeah. it like that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. They tend yeah, to like do especially that. raw. Yeah. Mm. Especially raw. Like I mean, you look at what MVP's faction is and how he's recruiting Apollo Cruz. You look at um, with you know I don't know why, but uh, you had Austin Theory with Umberto and Zelina and Garza, and then all of a sudden it's like, nah, I'm going to link up with Seth and with. <laughs> Uh, Buddy Murphy, and it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. So you're you're absolutely right about that, and I I kind of noticed it, but I didn't. I never really, um, you know, I never really sat and thought about like, oh yeah, like in totality, like from a further back perspective, like yeah, they are grouping people by race. <laughs> Interesting. It's almost like it's, it's almost like there's a word for that. Um, <laughs> start with the S. So it starts with the S, right? <laughs> it's like for me. If they eventually kind of, you know, break out of that wall and start interacting with each other, then you've got all these different factions built up. 
yeah. then the time would have been worth it. But I'm not expecting that to happen. <laughs> I'm expecting them to be in their own storylines and things for quite a while. You know, WWE, they're not, it's less of a shared universe, more of like passing ships <laughs> where they're doing their own thing. Don't really interact with each other. So, yeah. Anyway, the. Yes. Well, now we'll go down the NXT. Have we gone on another tangent? <laughs> whenever, whenever we've done a show with James, it always happens. <laughs> Just massive tangents. <laughs> so, the uh, match that kicked off the show, we'll go down the show in card order. The four woman elimination match, a number one contendership for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai versus Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae. Uh, for me, an awesome fast paced opener with four incredible talents. Believe the hype, NXT's women's division really is stacked. Yes, it's stacked, and I do like what they've done um, with NXT, uh, kind of with the departures of Bianca and Shayna, like how they've kind of regrouped around, you know, more like moving this tag team or bodyguard Shawn Michaels and Diesel thing of Dakota in in Big Mommy Cool Raquel, um, <laughs> and having her kind of be the, it, it kind of be like the, the, the straw that stirs some of the, like the drink kind of, like, you know, almost every single baby face hates her guts. Mm. Uh, like Tegan and Mia especially. Um, and then eventually we're going to get Tegan versus Candice because they keep having these interactions ever since the turn where like, Tegan is truly conflicted over the fact that her friend turned out to be a piece of crap, just like you know her husband mm. and her husband's best friend. So, um, like I, I think it's been really well done. It's actually been like some of the best stuff of the last like you know month or so in NXT, in my opinion. Uh, the under mid card stuff in, with the women's division. But I've been a fan of like both Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai's kind of little arts with little details and the way oh, we're just talking about how the main roster is passing ships that don't really interact with each other. Those two characters are a prime example of them interacting with the rest of the wider world. Like, all of the women have got little little bits and moments with all of the other women in the division. They're not just in their right. singular food with one person. Like, everybody's got something against somebody else. And that just means when when it all kind of blows up, like we saw with Candice LeRae charging at Mia Yim, like, later in the show, like, it, it makes sense because you've already set it up. You're not just setting up a feud. Like, there's precedent to it. And yeah, it's a, again, it's the little details, and NXT just gets it right. Uh, well, like in this match as well, where there were no strange bedfellows either. Like, this this ain't no main roster four way that essentially turns into a tornado tag, <laughs> like heels versus faces. Like, no. Like, uh, for example, early on when LeRae was running rough shot, she uh, did a devastating move on the apron to Dakota Kai. They're both heels! <gasps> Crazy. Uh, that that was that was a crazy spot as well. <laughs> that looked rough for Kai. Uh, like off the bat, setting up the string of chaos where everybody running in attempting to win. It wasn't just it wasn't your standard fare in this match like at all. Just pure chaos, and that's my favourite kind of multi-person match. Yeah, I mean WWE does have or WWE has a real um, problem when it comes to relying on this for formula that they found to be very reliable when it comes to like multiple person matches and i'm glad that this one they broke away from that on in, in this particular instance i i i because you know you already know what it is someone's going to come in and steal a pin but luckily they didn't do anything 
anything stupid like have someone break up an elimination pin. Like, no, let her, you know, I understand your friends, uh, Tegan and Candace, uh, but like Tegan just sat there and let her friend get pinned. Perfect. <laughs> like, like in the, like my favorite part is always where there's as many people as possible. And that means that the pace is absolutely lightning. And before Candice Ray's elimination, it was like Knox, attempt- Knox was attempting cannonballs, missing. But the- I'll come back later. <laughs> Kai with a absolutely beautiful driver. Uh, Mia Yim kicking them down and turning into a kind of a broad kind of pace at times. And Larey launching herself all over the performance centre. <laughs> like uh, Candice Larey was the early part of this match, just doing everything. <laughs> she's like, my God, she's like, getting her moments with everybody. She's diving all over the place. And then, of course, ah, yes. The formula, <laughs> yes. Candice LeRae got a lot of early offense, you say. What could that mean? <laughs> oh, yes. She's the yep. first to be eliminated. Of course. <laughs> Here I was thinking, yep. no, she's just the best wrestler. <laughs> That's why she was doing it. No. <laughs> it was just, yeah. And the one after another like swinging offense, eventually catching up with the match, and the Poison Pixie was the one that paid the price. It's like, oh, as much as I love Candice LeRae, oh, yes, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> I was just like, ah, oh, yes, of course. Oh, it, it, for me, that works in this kind of match where it is utter chaos, and eventually, when the wrestlers get more and more tied out, and of course, Candice Ray was the one throwing herself about everywhere. Somebody gets caught. It's not. It's not like a battle royal or Royal Rumble where you have somebody absolutely dominate, then get eliminated because you're built trying to build momentum in that match. I really don't like the battle royals where they have somebody do their moment, then they get eliminated. Then somebody else has their moment, then they get eliminated. Then somebody else is like, well, no one's got momentum anymore. <laughs> it's just a, just a bunch of things happening. But in this match, it made perfect sense to me. And Candice Ray gets to have a bit of a whinge later and take it out on someone. So again, it fed into the next bit. Little details. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, then we went to a break. I didn't watch any of the picture-in-picture stuff because... Again, the amount of stuff I had to watch today. I'm not watching picture and picture <laughs> when there's like three shows in one day. Like, I'm not mental. <laughs> That's insane. But after the break, we entered the triple threat territory. Uh, but the pace was still rolling at the same speed. Lots of back and forth. No one really snatching momentum. And all built into that second elimination where Yim nailed Knox with the soul food. Out goes uh, Knox to the outside. But before she could capitalise and try and get it back in, Kai swoops Yim up in an O'Connor roll and gets the elimination. Mia Yim is surprise eliminated. And I feel like I must have zoned out because on commentary they were saying, oh, a bit of communication problems there. And I was like, I've definitely missed something here. Because <laughs> that made no sense to me. <laughs> what they just said. <laughs> was trying to compensate for something? Or have I just flat out missed a moment before the soul food? I don't think you missed anything. Like it was pretty much Mia went ran wild with dives and and you know running around and then she got eliminated. But oh, um, the way she got eliminated, like we got to talk about that. Like that was awful. Like that was you know what I would say. You know I wouldn't say we're laying you LeBron James bum of the month or bum of the week uh, candidacy, but like it was like one of those like wow. Like I I don't remember too many times this year where baby faces look dumber. Um, just having. Mm. Um, I mean, Tegan. I mean, I would say Tegan getting trapped against uh, the cage door uh, by the Kate uh, by by Raquel Gonzalez earlier in the year. But like, this was bad. It was like she just got O'Connor rolled for in like when you know it was just like at random. I I thought it made her look bad or whatever. I was like, can't Dakota just hit her with her move? 
<laughs> as well as where, especially what happened later in the night as well. Like later in the night, it's going to be, it's, I say later in the night, obviously it's the next day when they did the actual, uh, it, it, next week when it actually airs. But Mia Yim gets her moment to brawl with Candice as well, so she gets her badass streak back. Right. It was just, yeah, in this match, she didn't really come off as the, kind of the smart wrestler that she's portrayed as. And I think that's the only reason that it kind of caught me a little bit was she was the way her her character is presented as a wrestler. It felt like, well, yeah, she probably should kick out here <laughs> or reverse it or do something or catch her because she's way too smart for this to be enough to get her. But no, it wasn't. She was eliminated. Uh, and we moved on to the next bit, which, again, was fantastic. So I'm not really moaning. With NXT, when we complain, the bar is so much higher than when we're complaining about the main roster. <laughs> like... These are very close, to, much so much closer to nitpicks than they are like genuine concerns. <laughs> so it's uh, like if I was to review AEW, it's like it's more nitpicky concerns than it is what are you doing <laughs> type of things. Uh, just just to keep that in regard. Yeah, a, a lot of our yeah, a lot of our like Wednesday concerns are like stuff of like I've been screwed so badly by the main roster and Mister Man's Mister Man's nonsense over the years, and like I see like something that could potentially be something. To be worried about like a couple weeks from now, and it's like most of the times, it's like oh never mind, I'm just tripping. Like that's just me having my guard up for for the brace for impact, and impact never actually comes. But yeah, I I'm the same way. I'm just like I don't know about this. Like Cody saying he's going to be a, you know he's going to come out here and he's going to be the the uh, a fighting champion every week, and he's going to let you know tell people about bell to bell action, and then he comes out here as the match he had last night, and like. All the gadgets and distractions and bells and whistles and smoke and mirror. Like, yeah, so I, I'm definitely with you. Oh, we were talking about NXT, sorry. <laughs> like, I, I, in my own head, I'm on a tangent because I'm trying to think, who is the, who is still the LeBron James bum of the year at this point? <laughs> I've been trying to, I'm going through everybody. And in my head, <laughs> I think my number one pick is still Ricochet. As in Brock Lesnar kicking him in the balls, <laughs> destroying him. And then in Saudi Arabia, just destroying him. Then we don't see him uh, like hardly featured at all. I was trying to think, is there anyone who got done... Well, well he got done dirty. <laughs> I guess it's one way to put it. But oh, man. is there anyone worse than that? Um, He's a good one. Cedric's yeah. a good one, too. Mm. Um, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> like... I would say our truth but our truth is positioned as a geek, so you can't really, you know, yeah. blame him for that. Um... Ah <laughs> oh, man, but uh, it's rough. It's rough for Ricochet. Mm. Like I thought that dude was gonna at worst speed. I thought he was gonna be a, a bankable mm. upper mid carder person that's in these main events and have killer matches. And you know, you can win, he can win matches, he can lose matches, whatever else. But like you can put him in the ring and he can have good matches with anyone. Not you know, you look at the match he had with Corbin last year, and then this just like. Nah, they they completely get pulled the plug on that dude like half a year ago, and they're never they're never changing mm. their minds unless they get themselves to some type of like pinch because of injury. It's just mm. sad. <laughs> like he's an NXT wrestler that got the Rock's blessing as an, a potential awesome guy for the future, and they still <laughs> haven't been able to do anything with him. Like that's crazy <laughs> for me. That's crazy. And to think, even like the people who were saying. I was like, oh, no, boy, this Brock Lesnar thing is going to be fine. It'll look, wait till you see the match itself, and the match sucks. I was like, oh, just wait and see. And my, my immediate thought was, he can still, even though he got destroyed, you can use that because he's Ricochet. <laughs> you can do something with that. And then they just didn't feature him. I was like, oh, 
the reason he got done like he did was okay you don't care <laughs> you have no faith in him which it's gonna take ages to build that back up if you care to <laughs> which is like the next point about it uh, anyway guess anyone listening send in your lebron james bums of the week because it's difficult to <laughs> bums of the year, so i don't think we could do more <laughs> oh this yeah anyway so the final two were Kai and Knox. We've gone off topic, hardly. <laughs> uh, both women with strong strings of offence, just not able to put the other away. Uh, the longer we went into it, the more it swung back and forth with the pace. And Knox finally hits the cannonball, God damn it! Uh, and of course, the other point of note is the chiropractor is still amazing. I love that move. Yes. <laughs> it's beautiful to watch. And also... It's one of those where it's beautiful when she does the rotation and then when you hit the knees, it also looks painful. So it's the best of wrestling in one move. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and in the end, though, uh, Knox hit the Molly go round, followed up by the Shining Wizard. Knox wins. She hit the Molly go round. That win is deserved. <laughs> Good on you, Tegan Knox. And the new number one contender is Tegan Knox. James, what do you think on that? Um... I thought it was going to be Dakota because Dakota, you know, just last week, you know, after, you know, getting that win given to her by Raquel, I, she said, she called out Eel. So I thought that she was going to win it. And it's just like, that's more upsetting the, the path to that. But, um, to be honest, like Tegan versus Eel was a match that they wanted to do as far back as the semifinal of the second May Young Classic. Um, like the word was that Eel or that, or not Candice, but uh, Tegan was going to beat EO, and she was going to be in the final against Tony Storm, and she was probably going to win it. So, um, unfortunately, it happened. She blew out her knee. Um, but, you know, this is a match they've wanted to do for a long time, Triple H, and he's finally going to get it. Um, and it's going to be a good-ass match. Mm. Um, now, as far as the, the end of this match, um, I thought that uh, – I thought it was really good. Um, they have such a good chemistry, obviously, you know, because, you know, they, they travel together and friends and what and whatnot. But, like, I don't know if people really notice this, but, like, we always talk about, like, someone like Keith Lee or Okada and they have wrist control. Hmm. When they were brawling and they were getting back up, like, they both got up by grabbing each other by the knee brace. They had knee brace control. <laughs> Uh, and, and then they proceeded. They proceeded to continue doing their thing. Like, and you look back at you know since war games and matches they've had. Like, they've had nothing but very, very good matches or even great matches. It's just you know they've had wonky things like the six foot Deus Ex Machina that is uh, Raquel Gonzalez, or you know getting you know the goofy uh, finish for the cage match where you know made taking like a total geek. But like the matches and the work themselves, like those have been like really top-notch matches for the women's division, um, for, for women's matches in WWE this year. So, um, like, I would like for them to continue having these kinds of matches. Uh, maybe the stakes need to be lower so that they continue doing it before it gets a burnout effect, but, like, they just have clear chemistry in, in a way that, like, I don't think even EO has with anyone else on the main, on uh, the NXT roster. So, like, it's, 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 it's a top mid-card feud in, like, American wrestling, in my opinion. Yeah, and because it's NXT, the next logical step is when they've been killing it as a mid-card few, give them a title shot. They're going to lose, <laughs> but they get the shot. And it gives a test the waters, get them elevated. <laughs> I like that. Uh, anyway, moving on to the next bit. Uh, Damien Priest cut a promo. He said something. Banks and Bailey <laughs> were prepping whilst uh, Beth informs us the main event will be commercial free. Means nothing to me, obviously, being English, watching it the next day. 
because in Merca that means oh commercial free. Just remember this commercial free. This Mountain Dew main event is commercial free. <laughs> Don't forget that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Mountain Dew commercial with uh, Miz's new can, Miz's new TV show. <laughs> it's just like a cannon is it called Cannonball? I think it is. Yeah. Did Mountain Dew plugs uh, like if you th- if you thought Tegan Knox's Cannonball was awesome? Wait till you see the Miz's new show, <laughs> Cannonball. Oh on God. USA. <laughs> oh. You know the thing that also gets me that I think is like great about like WWE's like planning and infrastructure and decision making is that like. Miz ha- now has two shows on the USA Network. Like, don't you think that, like, as, as a person has two shows on the USA Network, that, like, he should be on the show that's on USA Network as opposed to being on Fox? Don't you think that would be, like, synergy? <laughs> no, no. Is, is it just me yeah. and Rich that think this is dumb that they've done this the last couple of years? <laughs> For me, it's only dumb because sometimes it's canon and there is synergy, and sometimes it isn't. And like as a fan that watches it, it's like oh, I've got no idea what's meant to be there <laughs> or not. Like Bobby Roode, he's meant to be a, when Bobby Roode got called up, he was a face. Like well, that doesn't right. jar with me at all. Type of thing. Uh, the uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano came up as a tag team in the middle of having a massive blood feud in NXT. So yeah, that also didn't really make sense. But it's it's only because someone I guess like Kevin Owens comes up or an NXT, another NXT champion comes onto the main roster, then you do get synergy like Ray Ripley. It's like well, suddenly, or or you got Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, where they talked about their feud in NXT in their storyline on the main roster. Sometimes it's canon, sometimes it's not. It's like um, sometimes in the Royal Rumble, rules are sometimes just by convenience. Like <laughs> not all the not yes. all the rules, like all are there all the time. And I feel like that's kind of, yeah, plot convenience is what I'll call it. <laughs> it's really what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, the second match, uh, Timothy Thatcher versus Oni Lorcan. Thatcher's Thatch can holds, reversals, chops, <laughs> suplexes, pretty much everything I expected from this Thatch catch match. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. Uh, was it what you were expecting, James? I love this match. This was a match that I was anticipating from last week when they announced it. Uh, I was in the so, the Social Suplex Podcast Network thread, and I said that I can't wait to see this tough white man match. That should, that's the stipulation of the match. This is called a tough. This is a tough white man match, and <laughs> they went out there and they proceeded to beat the hell out of each other. They proceeded to like roll around and slap on submissions and escape submissions. This was a match that could have been in, uh, on a blood sport. Um, this been this is very fitting to all the matches and true to all the matches that like Thatcher has had so far in NXT, um, including the, the the Riddle matches. And he's like, I like the fact that he is a change of pace compared to the contemporary WWE NXT style um, that's been going around. Like, I'm not saying you need five Thatchers, but if you have one or two, it just is you know spite or variety is a spice of life, and we need some more of that in WWE. Calling it a blood sport match is a really good kind of way to review this. It was just, it was. Oh, I had the words, but <laughs> it was, it was tough. Tough is the only one I've got left in my head. <laughs> it was tough, and it was especially with me coming from the strong style of New Japan earlier in the day, and tuning in to seeing this. It's like oh, I felt home. <laughs> yes, this was pure stiff strikes <laughs> to try and take the person down. No clever being cheeky because these are the heels. Like, no, I'm the bad guy because I can beat the crap out of you. <laughs> and he does it. And I was like, oh, I love that. 
it's the, from the Brock Lesnar school of I'm a heel because I will beat you. I will beat you up and you will not like it. And yeah, for me, the the match was uh, what match was fantastic. For me, after the break, halfway through was when it really picked up. And I think they were exchanging chops, just going back and forth. And Lorcan's face turned serious AF <laughs> as the two were exchanging chops. It's like, ah, oh, we're into the serious part now. Uh, Thatcher was seemingly always the one winning out or managing to lock in a Fuji Fujiwara armbar or something. And in the end, Lorcan was trying to fight him off by pulling from like inside of his cheek just to stop him from locking in the armbar. But the crazy man just bit the finger <laughs> and reversed it. It was a old school Stu Hart sugar hole that you put him in, and that and he got out of it by slapping on the fish hook. That's what it was. And I was like, wait, I don't remember. I don't remember last time I ever seen a, a sugar hole. Like it's been like years. And then he broke it out, and then like Morrow popped as much as I did when I saw it. And then he got the fish fish hook, and it kept going. I was like, oh, this is so great. Like two dudes just. Slapping on holes, like, it doesn't look like, like, saber where, like, it looks so easy that it's unbelievable at times, and, it, like, they were working holes, they were getting in themselves into predicaments, out of predicaments, and then they got up and they beat the hell out of each other, and then they, and then they you know, threw each other in suplexes every so often, it was like, this match is a match that, like you said, New Japan, like, this is, this, like, I'll give you a specific type of New Japan. This is New Japan G1 B-block level mm. wrestling, except it didn't go as long, like, this is exactly like me and Richard make this joke. Like the B block hit over the last couple of years in New Japan has just been like with Goto or Shingo or Ishii, like in Moxley. Like it's just like flat out, just like everybody like this that survives out of this this block is like a thug. It's just flat out the thug section. Like this, this is the roughest, toughest dudes, and like those two could have been in there doing that. And I was like, yeah, like being the high of each other is universal. Like this, this translates. This could you took this this operation anywhere you want it to, to any uh, promotion, and everyone would like it. Mm. And after that uh, sequence with him getting out with the fish hook, uh, they, Thatcher then was able to reverse Orlorkin trying to escape. He reversed an escape attempt, as <laughs> you often say, back into a Fujiwara armbar and locked it in proper, only submits, and after the match, after the bells ringing, Thatcher goes full Pentagon dark, wrenching back <laughs> with pure madness in his eyes. Uh, throughout the match replays, Orkin is then selling the arm like it's broken as Thatcher roams about the, uh, sorry, roams about with the Debo crazy eyes. <laughs> just like he's, <laughs> he's just full crazy, just staring at the camera. Uh, it's I think it's the smile as well that does it. <laughs> he's just pure crazy. Yeah, it looks mm. sick. He looks like a sadist. Mm. Like, I do like the fact that like doing the Thatcher's Thatch can uh, like video packages is that kind of reminds me of um in a way like NXT UK stuff with Walter like in the lead up to Tyler Bate where he's just beating up basically like young lions. Um, when he was you know putting showing moves whether it was the the uh, Kimura or it was the Fujiwara armbar or whatever else he would say like this is the point where people tap out normally and then he would go further or further back and just show how vicious and cruel he was and like. After showing that for two weeks and then going to this match and having that kind of match, and then he does it to a dude that's also a badass like Orkin, you're just like, this dude's serious. Like, this dude just sent, like, the baddest dude in the company out in, in Riddle out of the promotion, and now he's doing it to, like, the other guys that are also badasses. Like, where are we going to, where are we headed with this Thatcher thing? Because, like, Thatcher has the character work done now. He has his own style that makes him distinct. 
um, now, and like, it was a dude that like I thought wasn't wasn't gonna was gonna be like a you know a role player. Like he's mm. kind of being positioned like he's going to be next, like him and Cross both. So like I'm interested to see like what they do with this this new influx of talent, especially because like the Champa and Undisputed and, and um, Johnny and. It's kind of, you know, those kind of guys need to be wound down or moved to do other things to help fill out the card. And, like, you know, also another person that's coming in, it seems like, is they seem like they have something in preset they really want to um, do in the future, too. So, it's like, I'm glad guys can elevate as opposed to feeling like, you know, 2018 NXT is still just as relevant as 2020 NXT. <laughs> For me, Thatcher's feeling like he could be a really strong, uh, pardon the pun, North American champion. And really, kind of elevate that title. Whilst you've got Karrion Cross uh, with his clocks in the main event, and I feel like that. All... <laughs> <laughs> I've I've made his character so <laughs> he likes clocks. <laughs> no, it's a bit more complex than that. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, he yeah, with that in the main event, you could have Thatcher in the mid card putting on clinics, and I feel like, especially as you're pushing Cross so hard, I feel like that's not a bad spot to have him in. You could even have him beat Keith Lee. Just build him up as that crazy guy. Oh, oh, although it's just dawned on me with as I'm pushing Karrion Cross that, uh, yeah, maybe Karrion Cross is gonna be beating the faces because oh, people just assume he destroy Adam Cole, so maybe he's going to. I don't know. <laughs> he's he's been. I assumed Karrion Cross is gonna beat Adam Cole, but if Karrion Cross is actually gonna be a total bad guy, then maybe he's the guy to take down your favorite. And everybody's favorite right now is Keith Lee. Hmm. Didn't think that through. Maybe. Um. It's it's. We're in an interesting place where obviously either way, regardless of whatever belt it is, or if they actually really do um, unite the two belts, like it seems like Cross is next. Like, you know, with the Keith when he you know he gave the hourglass, he gave his his he gave his sand to to Adam Cole, <laughs> and then Keith Lee broke Adam, and then Keith Lee broke Killer Cross's sand, and then they showed. Killer Cross being, you know, a bit perturbed that 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 uh, broke his sand and he gave to Adam Cole. So it's like somebody's finna get somebody's finna catch this Cross uh, uh, wrath. So yeah, like I don't know what direction it is, but either way, I'm, I'm happy. I'm good for it because like I'm interested to see. Like I wasn't that um, I wasn't that impressed with the Champa squash match. It just felt like oh, he's doing a Brock Lesnar impersonation. But when he had the match with Bronson Reed last week, I was like, oh, if this is what he's bringing to the table, I, I would like to see more of it because, like, that was that, that what I thought it should be, like, five minutes of two big dudes slapping meat, a big E <laughs> match, if you will. But um, I'm interested to see him have more of these kinds of matches and see, like, the sustainability of it, um, you know, because he can't be throwing dudes on their heads left and right. But, mm. like, if he can just stay – if he's sitting in the pocket and they're just throwing back and forth, big shots or whatever else, like – that's, that's kind of been missing in the NXT in a way, like, mm. or maybe not even maybe even something you can say wasn't has never even been there, to be honest. Because uh, you brought it up with Thatcher, but uh, for me, a blood sport was when I got Karrion Cross or Killer Cross as he was back then, and it was his match with okay. was it Davy Boy I think last year, and I didn't I didn't watch it. I'm sure Josh Smith, Joshua Smith from Keeping It Strong Style yeah. would, would would know. I'm sure he would. <laughs> But yeah, for me, that was the match. That I finally got him. It's like, oh, this guy's awesome. Uh, to be fair, in that match, okay. Davy Boy is also amazing. <laughs> so, Davy Boy, David Hartsmith. So yeah, he's also amazing in that. And uh, so, 
Everybody, that's my recommended match of the week, which has come out of nowhere. <laughs> just, well, everybody, watch Killer Cross versus David Hasselbeck. If you, if, especially if you're not getting Karrion Cross, I feel like that's a match where, as a in ring talent, you can get him. Of course, his character is nothing like that promotion that kind of was. Is there? Uh, anyway, speaking of Karrion Cross, had a promo up next. Uh, TikTok, pretty much the gist of it. <laughs> TikTok, mother efforts. <laughs> that's pretty much the gist. Uh, so third match was a handicap match: Rhea Ripley versus Aaliyah and Robert Stone, and. Decked in robe, mouth guard, and fight shorts. <laughs> Robert Stone sure was a sight. <laughs> uh, the sports goggles won me over, though. <laughs> in terms of just, ah, uh, yes, the former X Division champion has entered as a total dork. <laughs> and the goggles have sold me on it, yes. <laughs> it's just, okay, so I'm not, I, I already, I assumed he would be pure comedy. And the sports goggles sold me. <laughs> just, yes. Oh, and of course the alley shuffle before just, Doing a hop, I think he did before he got chopped. <laughs> it looked like he was dribbling a basketball between his legs, but it, <laughs> but I, you know, like he was, just, you know, image imagined himself doing that. But it's like I don't know exactly what he's doing until Morrow pointed out it was Ali Shuffle, and I was like, this feels a lot like when, um, this feels a lot like when um, during the uh, the last match, the the match inside the football arena with the Elite versus uh, Inner Circle um, at. Um, the last pay-per-view for AEW where, like, Nick Jackson starts doing this dance that looks nothing like the Alex Wright dance, and then all of a sudden, like, commentary puts it over, like, that's Alex Wright dance. I'm like, no, it's not. I know the Alex <laughs> Wright dance. It's like, I I do it when I'm by myself every so often when I'm bored. No, that's not Alex Wright dance at all. But, but yeah, okay, like, if that's Ali Shuffle, I'll take your word for it, Marl. Appreciate it. Because <laughs> we all know James does a cool dance when he's alone, because he's cool. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. also I also imagine that I sing like Usher or Chris Brown when I'm in the shower too, just you know, <laughs> whilst do the Alex Wright dance. It's an interesting image <laughs> putting the two together. Uh, but the yeah, so anyway, so we did the Ali shuffle, a weird hop, skip, jump thing before Ray Ripley just chopped him to the tits. <laughs> just down he went. See you, Robbie. Roll to the outside. Uh, Aaliyah then takes advantage with the match swinging into Ripley trying to fight back as Stone was interfering from the outside. So like a manager who can actually interfere in the match, because it's a handicap match. Uh, the strength of Ripley was the factor. Stone entering trouble once Aaliyah's takedown with... Uh, sorry, was Aaliyah was taken down with an electric chair face buster, which was awesome. And then Roberts was on Ooh. the outside, and when well, Robert went to the outside where Ripley was there with a nothing... <laughs> it just went splat. <laughs> That's how he got there. Uh, Aaliyah and Ray Ripley's there right next to him, kind of just laughing at him. When Aaliyah does a tope through the ropes into like a face buster of her own, which I thought was awesome. And that, that was smooth and slick as hell. Uh, Aaliyah got some nice offense in in this match, but the strength of Ripley was on full display. Uh, eventually just beating the crap out of both of them, toying and messing them, messing them about before locking in the double prism trap for a double tap out. Ripley looks dominant as hell. You get Robert Stone over as a comedy dork. You get Aaliyah over as somebody actually with talent, but she's managed by a dork. <laughs> and it's like, for me, this match did everything that it needed to. It's, yeah, you carry it. Like, Ray Ripley obviously fallen a tad from the main event status, but you made her look like a badass. And for me, that's kind of like the most important thing right now. You can building blocks for Ray Ripley. And the other two, they did their jobs fine as well. Enjoyable match. Yeah, um, 
this was this reminded me of there was a match that Rhea was in. I can't remember how long ago it was. I think it was may have been the Dakota Kai match mm. um, after War Games, where like you're just like, is she going to actually sell for this person? And it's like, because I, I really don't, I really don't believe that she would actually sell for this person in this actual fight because of, look at her, right? And you know how it's WWE, so of course they don't want big people to, to, you know, to do that sort of thing. And like, sure enough, watching that match and watching this match is like, is she going to really like, you know, actually be in danger? Is she really going to sell for these goofs and, and this geek or geeks actually? And the answer is no. I'm just going to like, you know, I'm going to get caught a couple times and they're going to get a couple things, but like, I'm never in danger and I'm going to put them away. And I thought like, you know, for this is less this is substandard for the way they from what they ha- the way they handled her um, from you know the fall of last year up until hell WrestleMania or after Royal Rumble, but like it ain't that bad to beat two people's ass, you know. Um, so I wonder what's next for her. Um, you know, maybe Dakota again, maybe Candice. Um, I don't know. Maybe hell, maybe even um, Mercedes Martinez, who is you know on deck, but. Mm. Uh, you know, they got her on TV and they didn't embarrass her, so good for her. Good for them. That's a step up from, like, recent week, weeks, mm. past weeks. So, yeah, because they've been running uh, promo packages for Mercedes Martinez in past weeks. So she's going to do something to someone. question is just who and when. And Ripley's, Ripley's kind of just dancing about at the moment. So maybe? I don't know. They've got loads of people they could do it with. Their women's division is stacked. <laughs> They'll be fine, whoever yeah, they put her with. it is. Mm. But there's a week. Like, I, I talk about this almost. Oh, sorry. Uh, I talk about this like almost every week. Like the fact that they have Casey Kanzar and Caden Carter, and like they have nothing to do with them, stuff and they beam like just prelim people because like they're just there's too much stuff. And it's like if they were in AEW, they they could rip it up. If they were you know kind of thing Impact or whatever, they could rip it up. They were in the main roster, they could you know they wouldn't get pushed. But like they would be like you look at them and you know if you gave them a shot, they could do something as a tag team. Uh, but you know too too many people, as you said. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like for me, like I really rate uh, Mercedes Martinez. Uh, the fantasy drafts we're doing uh, on Laws of Pain are run by uh, Type. That's his name. I was <laughs> about to say his uh, real life name, <laughs> but Stain K. Fabian. But yeah, so he uh, there's a reason in that where we have, we've had to draft uh, like 18 men, six women, six tag teams. And for me, even though we were drafting in the order of what we thought the others would pick rather than what we ranked them as. For me, I had to get Mercedes mm-hmm. Martinez earlier because if uh, I just felt like if I'm building a modern-day division and I want an awesome veteran person on top who I can play as the heel but as everybody respects, Mercedes Martinez, perfect. <laughs> For me, she's amazing in that kind of role. And not watching her vignettes that I've been playing, I feel like NXT might be doing something similar. They feel a bit more like guided towards heel whilst also because she's a badass. <laughs> so uh, she may just be coming across a hill because she is a cocky badass because she's got a right to be <laughs> because it's, the confidence is deserved it's earned I, I, I don't... yeah like yeah. when she when she had first got signed um, she had a couple matches in NXT and then she went away um, like I remember specifically like she beat the hell out of um, Casey Catanzaro in a way that made me think like maybe they're going to play her as a heel and now she's you know they're doing this vignette thing so like I could definitely see her um being a hill nxt and like you look at that the hill division nxt is like she's desperate she would be very needed there mm. yeah so kicking that so next up we got roddy vtr the eyes look fear in the eyes roddy 
Uh, match number four. The first ever NXT strap match. Roderick Strong versus Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis, multiple of TV's creepy murder bastards, rolled up into one. Oh, to the days when he showed up in TNA's gut check wearing his John Cena jorts. <laughs> the business, business changes you, man. <laughs> it's like, oh, poor, poor Sam Shaw. He's now, he's now this guy. <laughs> he's fought his, his business changes you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, uh, I found this match to be relatively enjoyable. It was, because again, Roderick's song for me is so entertaining. The whole Undisputed Era act, they very rarely fail to entertain me. And the Dexter Lumis character is so out there that if you had... It's just the fact that Roderick Strong is selling it like he is, for me, is kind of getting it over. And uh, maybe the pipe-in crowd helps add to the atmosphere as well. I know they're not technically piped in, but they might as well be. <laughs> it's just like pressing a button to cheer, press a button to boo. <laughs> That's essentially what the crowd is at the WWE PC. But I enjoyed the match. I didn't think it was, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> but it, it did what it needed to do. Uh, only question is when Roderick Strong at the start of the match was like kind of not wanting to put the strap on, did the crowd chant, strap on Roddy? <laughs> I was certain yes. they, they, they did. I wasn't going crazy. They, abso- they absolutely did. They yeah. absolutely did. I thought it was hilarious because I'm, you know, I'm, apparently I'm 15 years old, but yes. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so, oh. And of course, me bringing that up means whenever I say the the word strap <laughs> later, it's gonna be doing my head in, <laughs> just because we're so childish. <laughs> but yes, it was. Uh, I was just like, they surely can't be chanting that. I must be missing the word put or something. Or <laughs> Roderick, please put the strap onto your wrist. <laughs> <Or something. laughs> like no. Uh, anyway, uh, after he did, Loomis immediately sent Roddy down with a high knee. Uh, the strap then immediately comes into play. Used to pull strong into the ring apron from the outside. I thought that was awesome. Uh, rolling to the outside can't save you here, Mr. Heel Wrestler. I, yeah, I really like that little kind of way it worked in. Uh, plenty of strap based offense. There we go. Made it awkward with the gag. Little moments used to pull the opponent into just the right position. Like Loomis, uh, Loomis talking it to keep strong tucked for the cheeky Nando's. Yanking, I'm going on just because Jay probably can't talk for a minute. <laughs> Cheeky Nando's yanking it, launching his car trunk friend into the steps. <laughs> like, oh, yes, I, I love the way that this strap was used in this match. To it was used in smart ways. It wasn't just now and then we'll use it as a weapon and we'll have a normal match or immediately to submissions with it. As in you're having a normal match, but when you do a submission, oh, you wrap it round the face or something like that. Like I've seen so many strap matches kind of like that. Or they'll use it when they try to escape, and it's like, no, no, no. Here it was like so much part of the match, and it was little details. Again, like the, to get Strong stuck into Cheeky Nando's, he just talked it just a little bit, and that pulled, it, pulled him in, meaning he couldn't get out. It's like, yes, again, NXT, little details. <laughs> I really, really enjoy. And this match was full of little details, and uh, Strong was never really able to down Dexter. Uh, the strap always there to rip the man back into reach. Uh, Fish showing up was a like a last minute ditch effort, uh, but the comedy rope spot <laughs> he just tightened it and he runs into it. Uh, that took him out pretty quickly. Uh, a Uinagi slide slam from Loomis. Uh, then he wrapped up strong in the strap before locking in a cobra clutch looking thing. I think it was just a cobra clutch <laughs> with the strap. Um. 
that's his that's his hmm. typical standing front choke or whatever else that like um, Edge does now too. Hmm. Um, except Loomis, you know, started doing it before. Um, there are parts like you just went through it, and like there are parts of like smart storytelling in the match, but. I think as a whole, from the build-up of this match um, and what happened and what happened on screen, it just did. It just didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was boring at parts. Like, I, like Roddy always gives 100 percent effort. He's a go hard. Um, he can't go back. Like he wrestles like he cannot go back for whatever situation he, he grew up in or whatever else. Like he he is definitely that kind of uh, wrestler and always brings it. But it's just for me, it, it just didn't do enough for me. Like I, I like I don't know. I have a question. Do you think? that maybe I'm projecting on this. Do you think that like at some point in the match, like he was strapping, uh, <laughs> he was hitting Loomis with the strap on his back. Like there was one welt that actually like bled out, which is like nasty one. Mm. And then like, once he, once he hit him with the, got him a couple times with uh, the leather, he, you know, he wrapped his legs up and put on, you know, the stronghold Boston crab. Do you think that was supposed to be like, he just hurt his back. So now he's, you know, cause he, you know, he is the, the sire of Messiah, the backbreaker. Like, do you think this was like more typical Roddy back, back work? Or do you think it's just like, I, I found a cool spot and I'm just going to put it on. I mean, what, what do you think? <laughs> the match, because uh, Roddick Strong normally does that sort of thing. I'm inclined to go to the first one as in he's done one thing. Let's go to the next. So it does link. Uh, however, because it's a strap match, I was kind of thinking, oh, here's a cool right. spot, and Roderick Strong's smart enough to go, well, let's at least try and work it in and make it make sense with that, instead of just doing cool spot. So, so maybe a mix of the two. <laughs> it's probably what uh, gotcha. kind of I feel okay. about it. It, Yeah, for me, this was perfectly fine mid-card match. As in, when I say perfectly fine, like, if I'm going to star it, I don't know, 2.5, but for me, that's fine. <laughs> Not every match has to be crazy. And the Dexter Loomis character is certainly a character, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> so, it's like, that kind of character in the WWE world, I have absolutely no idea how or what they're going to do with it. It's, it's, it's an odd one. It's, it's, the temptation to do weird stuff is there, and that's always scary with WWE, because you, you have to do the balancing act with it, and they mostly fail <laughs> with the balancing that kind of complex character. Yeah, um, yeah. He seems somebody that like with that gimmick. He's one of those gimmicks that's like, why are you in NXT? And, like, obviously, you know, this is supposed to be a finishing school or whatever else for the main roster. But it's like, as soon as he's even close to ready, you need to like, you know, subtract him and add him to the main roster because like this is not this is not supposed to be or not necessarily, but like when they, they put out these commercials about no BS for mm. as a selling point for NXT. And it's more or less like for fifty-year-olds that are weathered down and tired of this is nonsense. Like, if that's the case, like Loomis ain't it doing like Kane and Undertaker from the nineties? Yeah, <laughs> he's he's not punk rock, I guess. Which is kind of like the NXT <laughs> kind of image. He's, yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's he's definitely not Triple H's brand of metal. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just for me like. As far as the, the match and then how it ties to the story and why it didn't connect for me, just like the story for me is just shot because you have Roddy who had a competitive match with him earlier a couple months ago, maybe less than a couple months, maybe like six weeks ago or something like that. Um, and the part about it was like he kept getting frustrated because he couldn't 
get him to the ground. He's like, I'm a, I'm a wrestler's wrestler. Why can't I get this dude to the ground? And he ended up losing that match. And then, like, you have the uh, the cinematic match between Velveteen and um, Adam Cole at the last takeover where they throw him and where Loomis throws him and Fish into the trunk. And then, like, out of that becomes Roddy is scared of Loomis because he keeps staring at him. And then, like, he put him into a trunk, which is traumatized him. It's like, okay, but, like, Bobby Fish was in that trunk, too. And Bobby Fish is acting like it's a, like it's a normal Wednesday. It's like any other day. So, like, <laughs> why am I supposed to take – how am I supposed to take this seriously when, like, the bigger badass out of the two is the one um, that's most scared of this thing? It's like, I mm. – it, 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 just, it just left me – it just left me cold, the whole thing. Mm. Yeah, it was again. It was even like me speaking more positively. I'm still not talking. <laughs> Incredible, it, it, it did its job. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, like maybe it would have been better if it was like 13 minutes instead of 16. Oh wait, was it that long? I didn't even realize. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, I watched it in two bits because uh, when this match, I got halfway through this match, then New Japan Cup started. So I watched New Japan Cup, then went back to it. So I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, so maybe that's the way to watch. See, that's, that's, that's how you know, like what a, what a match is like. Oh, I'll I'll leave this to go watch other wrestling instead. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't like, oh, this is too good, and I have to pause the live stream. Like, no, no, I just went straight into it. I was like, to be fair, the New Japan Cup did start with Hiromu versus Ishii. That's how they kicked off the show. <laughs> so I was like, okay, yeah, I'm not watching. I'm not. <laughs> I am definitely watching this. <laughs> like, definitely. Don't blame you. Like as soon as this is over, I'm probably gonna actually I'm probably gonna watch Swerve versus um uh oh my god Swerve versus Nice from um from Two Five Live and then I'm gonna mm. put on the uh the New Japan show. Mm. Oh Swerve, shout out for Rich because the Swerve thing. Has he done a thing with Swerve? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that would have been crazy. Yeah, he did. yeah. Uh, anyway, now you're not going crazy. <laughs> it was like I've had a weird, really weird dream where for some reason I jumped that Mitch Latter did. <laughs> Why would I dream that? It's <laughs> so weird. Uh, anyway, yeah, like it, it's it, it is a weird thing. It is a weird thing. Like it's cool, but it is weird at the same time. Like I don't mean weird. Maybe the word is like um, surprising. That's more. That's more of the word. Mm. Uh, Mitch Latter is James Boyd's other half on One Nation Radio. If you're unaware, <laughs> and he's a uh, he did. Uh, he did the back. He did the, do the backing beat on Swerve's latest track, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he produced the he produced the record. That's the that's the the term that people use over oh, here. Yes, I don't yes. know if they use it. Yeah. <laughs> did the music good? <laughs> I guess this is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so VTR play play fantastic Keith Lee and Adam Cole promo ahead of their champion versus champion winner takes all match next week immediately as my as a film nerd is like oh god the production value here is on fire Keith Lee Keith Lee under really high production and lighting also looks amazing aka main roster push this man like now <laughs> <laughs> and he yeah so he came off like a but down to earth, badass at the same. T- just I don't know how he does it. <laughs> just to exude both at the same time, and talking about how he's deserved this opportunity and getting to this NXT Championship match, the biggest match of his career so far. And Adam Cole again, just I'm champion for a reason. Essentially, he ain't winning. I'm Adam Cole. I've been reigning for so damn long. I am NXT essentially. About that, just again building up step by step. The idea that Adam Cole as champion, he's been long, he's been champion for so long, he's getting cockier and cockier. One day that will cost him. 
The question, of course, you have to wait till next week to see if that's now. Also, if you go on Twitter, you might want to mute NXT words until the show next week, <laughs> given that there have been spoilers <laughs> going everywhere for how next week's show actually went down. So just in terms of, like, just making sure you can enjoy the show without knowing anything about it. Just, yeah, just like he did when the Last of Us stuff leaked. Just block it. <laughs> Everything. Mute it. It's all gone. <laughs> just, just so you don't see anything. Oh, I'm so proud I didn't see anything about that game. <laughs> I, was like, I got to play it properly. I don't know anything. Uh, anyway, after that, we got a Finn Balor promo video. Not really much more to say there. Uh, Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano were cutting a promo backstage. But before they can really say anything, uh, LeRae jogs off camera to attack me at Yim, it turns out, as we turn round. And because it's WWE and you can't do any intergender stuff, Swerve's also there, and that's for Johnny Gargano to attack Swerve. And those two get into it, so the four are kind of like brawling and things. People come to separate them up. They all get held back as they're shouting at each other. And Shawn Michaels gets some screen time. And I zoned out after that. I'm assuming it just ended with them brawling. I was like, oh, Shawn Michaels. And I just watched Shawn Michaels. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the danger of doing it with a really big star. <laughs> like if it's a lower mid... Like Road Dog had come out. I don't think I would have had the same reaction. <laughs> just like, oh. Or, or like when um, when Finley comes out. It's like, hey, Finley. Right. And then that's it. Right. <laughs> and then we'll be fine. Finley like or Jamie Noble or like Carano. Yeah. yeah, I know I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, but Mr. WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. I'm confused. I'm sorry. I'm here. I confused uh, Carano with uh, Adam Pierce. Sorry. Hmm. Yeah, just like, yeah. Somebody you know, you'll recognize their face. But you won't get fully distracted by them being there. It's like, yeah, it's fine, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, segment number five. Uh, Le... Well, I've written Legado del Fantasma. <laughs> and I've said it perfectly. After years of saying Ingo Bernabalus de Japon, I've been able to just say this complicated <laughs> to my British mouth. I've <laughs> been able to say these words. <laughs> I'm, flu I'm fluent in wrestling stable names. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Santos Escobar cuts a promo. And I, I really like this stable. I kind of hope all three of them, given the talent between with the uh, lackeys, I feel like they really should be more than lackeys. And I hope they all get fleshed out over time. Even though Santos Escobar is kind of just exuding confidence at the moment and getting some proper time of a promo. Uh, they're going to have... They say they're going to leave a legacy that they can be proud of. A true legacy for Lucha Libre in NXT. Uh, before his final note, though, to just put that cherry on that promo, Jake Maverick bravely walks out with a neck brace and all, and we get our remove the neck brace and attack them spot. But it's Drake Maverick, <laughs> so he just gets stopped, <laughs> like immediately. <laughs> so he gave it a go. Uh, before Escobar can teach a lesson, though, Febreze run out, Fandango and Tyler Breeze, and they clean up. And they run out of the ring, and it's just the, it's the faces left in the ring. And next week, looks like we've got ourselves a six-man tag team match. Cool. <laughs> they turned into NXT <laughs> essentially for like a little bit. They were just setting up next week, and we got like runs through run through of the card, and we got just a little few added moments to it. Like after the break, we got a full card rundown confirming Mia Yim versus Candice Relay has also been added. So the card is slowly getting more fleshed out. But what do you think of uh, Santos Escobar and his uh, group of well-dressed men? Oh, man, I've loved this so far. <laughs> um, when the swerve came out, like the week after the, the final for the Cruiserweight uh, interim tournament, wherever, like, labeled it, t termed it as or whatever, it was basically Best of Super Juniors America. Uh, <laughs> like, they, 
when he came out and, you know, after they've done the, the two masked goons coming out and the mess with Phantasma for weeks and weeks and weeks, but, like, Phantasma would always send them packing and never actually land any real damage, and it would always end quick. And then, like, you get that the whole thing where, like, it turns out it was a swerve all along, and it, it set the table so well to where it's like, you know, um, Kushida is still owed a title shot um, because of the controversial finish to the triple threat um, at the end of, for Group A. Um, Maverick, you know, he had the match won or seemingly won until the goons came out and he fought for Fantasma, so he's been betrayed. So he want, he definitely wants uh, smoke with him. Kushida's uh, Swerve, he's the only person to actually beat um, in group play, beat Fantasma. So he has claims to a eventual title shot. It's like they set the table, which is one of the things I like about NXT. It's like they're really good at setting tables. Like at, almost everyone's uh, smoking. Swerve. The path he's the only person that actually does it, but like they're really good um, in group play. Beat Phantasma. Potential, like, so he has know, claims to a potential title shot. It's like down. they set the um, table, which is one yeah, thing like, I like about NXT. He's like he they're really good at setting tables. You know, he actually almost everyone's smoking. Kashida's like I thought about it's been great. Like you know, you talked about the the legacy part, but he came out and said like beginning of it that. When I, you know, when I, Lucha Libre is a is a part of the culture, is like we were we were movie stars, which is true. Like we were, you know, we were these icons, and like we were more than just mass guys doing flips. I was like, I, I love this. Like, and you know, the legacy of in the, the weeks prior, when we talked about like you know he is leaving like his father's legacy to like make something in his own image. I was like, this is awesome. Like he's been a great promo so far. Um, and I, and you know, I, I think that like he needs to have that belt for a good long while, and um, you know, and he needs to be featured the legacy on NXT in the, in the week besides the two but like actually in NXT more than like when Leo Rush is a champion or when uh, like, Garza was a champion. This is awesome. Like, like, and I love Garza, but like this is like they found something new for something new, new direction. Like it's really, really damn good. Yeah. And for me, as soon as he started cutting his promo, I was just reminded of the fun times watching Lucha Underground. <laughs> it's just like it, the way the their logo as well just reminded me of the Lucha Underground kind of like medallion kind of logo that they had. It was just it was mm-hmm. like oh, oh yes, I loved that promotion. <laughs> Maybe it's just the fact that it's in a like the PC as well, just that smaller arena and that kind of cheer that he got from the crowd as well, or the booze or whatever. So, oh, it's just, yes, I'm happy to be reminded of those times by this little group. And <laughs> and all three of them are solid as well. So when they have those six-man tag team matches, they're going to be good. <laughs> like the yeah. former DJ Z, who is now um, suave as hell <laughs> in his suit. Like, <laughs> they, like, yeah, all three of them, all three of them are great. Raul, Raul Mendes as well. Mendes? Mendoza? I can't remember which one it is. Yeah, Roman. Yeah, Roe Mendoza, like, he's really good, too. Like, I mean, I don't I don't really think they've had much... Uh, he's been given much time to show it, but, like, I've seen him um, and evolve uh, a couple times, and he, he can rip it up. So, uh, with him, and then, like, you know, Ion, Ion's been around for forever. You know what he can bring to the table. And then, like, with, you know, actual real dude that, like, can cut these charismatic promos and be evil and, in a, in a, you know, a bastard, like... I, and you know, and also like a strategist, like this is going to be interesting over the next like you know, however many months this goes. 
and I'm all there for the build. Like even if they just use Drake Maverick to get him over, because it feels like he should. Yeah. He, he should dick all over <laughs> Drake Maverick. That was a bit of a not great image, <laughs> but yeah, he'll, Drake Maverick should. Yeah, be... that's, yeah. It's, it's a terrible visual. Terrible, <laughs> terrible visual. But Drake Maverick should be nothing to him. <laughs> he should just be walking all over him, uh, and I feel like that is. The group is, I don't know, because the group is getting so over, I reckon. I don't, we're not the only ones. Twitter is like really positive about them. I feel like it's kind of got to be the way they go. Like, even though Drake Maverick got that whole social media thing about him, I feel like it was, it's a weird one where he can fit in in certain places, but Escobar's clearly something. Like, they shouldn't do something where Drake Maverick wins the title back or anything like that. And I trust NXT to not do that. I feel like NXT will get him over, spend the time, make him feel like a boss, and it's not till later to do that one. So, yeah. Yeah, um, and I think that Drake Maverick did such a good job in, like, over the last like, couple months, um, he was, you know, there was a, a stretch of a few weeks where, like, he was the most inspiring best babyface on American professional wrestling TV. So it's like... I'm not not to you know discredit what he was doing, but like and also like the you know the rating that they drew in that segment uh, for the you know when he when he was in jeopardy of being sent out throughout the whole time like they it didn't well people actually like had an attachment to this Drake Maverick thing like but like to get to what they got out of the Fantasma swerve at, at the end is like this one that was one of the better swerves of the last few years like and mm. you know they're capitalizing and they're hitting, and they're knocking out the park so far with all of that with Drake with the table they set in the future along the way, like especially with like the Atlas match from last week, like they've done a very, they've done a great job with this so far. And it, it, for me, it comes like a nice little moment before you then go into the main event, which is already covered. And I thought the main event again, just a fantastic, just note on the end of it. And like with the uh, ratings that have come out since, it worked. Both AW and NXT drew in quite a nice number between them. For me, that's the most important thing, is how many overall were watching. And you're looking at 1.5, which, again, that's a great overall number. That's both up. That's great, I think. I don't pay enough attention to know if it's definitely up from <laughs> last week. But, yeah, I I feel like I've not finished Fighter Fest, but just the Wednesday night of wrestling, just competition just brings the best <laughs> and the winners are us where we get that's why I'm like why would you stand one of them stand in both <laughs> just enjoy them both Wednesday nights are awesome a nightmare for when you when I was trying to cover them both with columns <laughs> but still still awesome I'm happy I stopped doing that <laughs> I've got my free time back got my life back <laughs> uh, but uh, before we go what did you make of night one overall did you enjoy it uh, did it like drag it all or was it just like a nice fluid watch um both shows i enjoyed a lot like i would say both shows that were very good um what I, I would stop short of calling either one of them great given that you know both of their track records as far as like when they want to blow the doors off they can um it's just we're in a situation where we are because of covid and i think for this covid era that they've been in since march uh these are two of the better shows that either one of them have done yeah and it's I've kind of surprised because Fighter Fest was built to so much, where it had just had a bit more to it going in terms of investment. Then this show was we've got these amazing matches and the main event you're not going to want to miss. <laughs> and it was just one of those announcements where immediately Twitter was just like, I don't care 
that they've suddenly announced this show from out of nowhere. I am watching Sasha versus Io, <laughs> and like everyone's had that same reaction. And it's it's kind of it's nice to see like the wrestling fans as a whole when the competition just gives you stuff like this, like a night like this. <laughs> it's like yes, and we get to do it again next week. <laughs> like next week, the main event is Adam Gold versus Keith Lee. That is going to bang. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic as well, <laughs> and. Uh, whatever AW throw us as well. I've not again. I've not finished AW for this week, so I, I don't know if they announced like a new main event or if it's going to be something else. But yeah, I'm excited for Wednesday as well. Uh, and NXT, thumbs up for this NXT. Maybe this is the first NXT review here on Lords of Pain Radio, so maybe eventually I'll think of a rating system. <laughs> but like for now, or like running <laughs> gags or something. <laughs> Yeah. But for now, it's me kind of just remembering I've got to check the chat before we sign off. Because <laughs> again, live on YouTube, new stuff to check. So, oh, hello to Josh Robinson. Yes, I know you've listened to his podcast, follow him on Twitter. I don't know it off by heart, <laughs> but do those, yes. I swear he's got Josh Robinson in there as well. Uh, he's got his own awesome podcast. Anyway, uh, so that's that shout out. <laughs> uh, anyway. So before you say adios, uh, James, where can they find you at? What can they find you on? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at jamesboyd87. Um, you can check out our um, my podcast, my weekly podcast, One Nation Radio, at um, One Nation Radio, or you can just type it in on whatever app you're using to listen to podcasts and find it there. I'm a part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You can go to either one. Um, cool by me. Uh, yeah, but I, you know, we cover more or less uh, WWE, NXT, AEW, Stardom, in um, New Japan, uh, and we're kind of like a, you know, weekly show. We just check out stuff over and talk about it over the span of, you know, anywhere from two to three hours. So, um, you know, it's, it's a laid back thing, more of a conversation, not you know, what's your hot take type of thing or whatever else. Like we do, you know, we do bring it whenever this pisses us off or you know things that we we're over the moon about. Uh, like I can't wait to talk about this tough white man match uh, with Rich. I just can't. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, like it. But you know, check us out. Um, and I think I think you'll enjoy it. And uh, here on Lost Pain Radio, I am doing my best to cover main roster WWE as well with Monday Night Raw. And <laughs> when I po- when I was posting the link on the uh, social suplex like group on Facebook, I I was <laughs> when I was writing it, I was like, yeah. No one has wanted to cover main roster WWE since Rich and James left LOP Radio. <laughs> and, oh, man. And yes. Uh, yeah. It's just like, those last few weeks, I was listening to them mentally break. <laughs> it was just like, like week after... Like, as a listener, it was really funny. <laughs> We're just like, this show is mentally breaking these guys. <laughs> it's, it's pain <laughs> playing out in real time. <laughs> it's just their suffering. Uh, so like yeah so, so as soon as I was doing it it was like I'm going into this knowing covering these shows broke the last guys that did this <laughs> so I'll do my best <laughs> maybe my chipper tone will get me through some of the harder types <laughs> I'll wait and see uh, but you can follow me on Twitter at the Damien Placat you can follow James on Twitter at JamesBoyd87 yep yeah, yeah. Yeah, I typed it out earlier for the picture. <laughs> so it's all there, it's all good. Yeah, the Twitter handle's been underneath our pictures for the entire show. So this is just for the audio people. Oh, cool. And if you can find my buddy notes to end the show. All right, here we go, yes. And I will be back on Tuesday for uh, the Monday Night Raw recap. Saturdays do not work for me. <laughs> so I've not really got a way to cover Smackers 
And of course, SmackDown, whenever I was doing the column series where I was covering all the shows, SmackDown was the one I had to force myself to watch. So, so maybe I'll just, like, I'll try and get someone in. <laughs> someone else can cover it. It's like, and just pretend as, I'm giving them like an offer to do this awesome gig where in reality I just don't want to do it. <laughs> Scare someone else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, also we've got our live post-AW Dynamite show here on Pain Radio, uh, Dynamite After Dark, where Jamin and Jeff go live immediately after the show. Uh, Fridays is Miss Fan and Mystic with the WWF Legacy series, an unabridged look back over the history of the now WWE, with a journey through the entire WWF run. And cannot recommend that show enough. I think they're currently on a Saturday night main event with Matraman in it. I think. Something like that. It's yeah, when I say unabridged, that's what I mean. Like every single episode is they'll cover the TV shows building up to it as well, like week by week. They're gonna take the time with this one. Hopefully they don't die before they finish it. <laughs> it's just gonna be a really long series. <laughs> Taking that long. I, that was a genius idea because they'll never run out of content because it'll take their entire rest of their lives to finish it. <laughs> so anyway, so you can listen to that show as well. That should be dropping tomorrow. I mean, when most people listen to this on the next day, on the Friday, it will already be out. So that uh, Saturdays is reserved for the AEW pay-per-view post shows every quarter or whatever. Uh, Sundays is the WWE with Aftershocks as well. Uh, Tuesdays is Kingdom of Honor. They are currently, I think, covering the New Japan Cup. So you can go over there and listen to that. Uh, they've got their, they are doing a TNA series going back after their, over their old pay-per-views, but that's currently on hold for the New Japan Cup. And we will have coverage for Dominion as well. I think I'm doing an Aftershock for Dominion, where I know for Americans that's a crazy time to do it. So I'll be joined by Jaman and Jeff to do that one, and they're, they're American. They're in their 50s, <laughs> so I don't know how they do that, which is crazy. For me, it's lunchtime. Like I can have a glass of orange juice, a cup of tea. It's lovely. <laughs> Uh, I might try and get video working, but I doubt they'll be able to get it to work, so uh, it might just be me, so it might not be worth it. We'll wait and see, see what people think. Anyway, that is the end of that. That's the end of that. I've, I've never ended a show with that sentence ever. <laughs> That's not how I end my shows. <laughs> oh, I mix my languages up. I say, I'll bid you adieu, adios. And then, no, uh, that is that. <laughs> it made me laugh. <laughs> oh, I want to end with that now. <laughs> Maybe mix it up. Mondays I'm optimistic and it's a bid you do adios on Thursdays that's bloody that <laughs> and I'll see you on Tuesday <laughs> oh and, and James also says uh, adios later yeah, ta-ra <laughs>